Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers the number one question that parents are asking right now. Let's hear the question and Mark's answer. Hi, folks. It's a uh, very rainy day in East Texas. It's five o'clock in the morning as I record this, and um, we've been blowing and going with all different events and and speaking engagements around the country. And I just got back from Cleveland. Um, where the, there was just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful crowd at a, at a place called Friends Church um, uh, in Willoughby Hills. And I was also out in Danville, California, where I had another wonderful opportunity to share with with this church there at Community uh, Presbyterian Church. I, I I love these events and and I love connecting with people and being able to help them. The number one question that people have me is about asking questions, and we've dedicated a lot of our time on podcast to to teaching people how to ask questions. We even have a podcast called uh, I Must Ask Mark a Question. If you want to ask me a question that you want me to answer, then you can submit that question at markgregston.com, M-A-R-K-G-R-E-G-S-T-O-N.com, or you can text uh, that question uh, to the number 903-400-4732, or you can send an email to ask at markgregston.com. One of the things that people are always asking me about is, how do I do this thing? I listen to you interview kids and talk to kids, and um, how do you do it? And and I think there's some basic principles that I think are, that are important for everybody to know, very basic principles. My comments have always asked questions about people, and, and, uh, and when people come to me and they say, how did you learn to do that? I think I learned how to ask questions of kids out of desperation. I wanted them to engage with me, and I found out that just me shouting out my opinions all the time or or telling them my answers or, uh, you know, it, it just wasn't working. And I wanted kids to engage with me. And matter of fact, the other night um, here at Heartlight, our residential counseling center, where we have 60 high school kids that live here with us, 25 of the girls came over to our house to eat. So Jane and I cooked them a meal and I found that they came up to me asking questions. And it's only because whenever I'm with them, I'm asking them a question. And I think that's one of the goals is that I want to make sure that in my time that I spend um, with kids, whatever that is, that they're pursuing me a lot more than I'm pursuing them. So my encouragement is, you know, probably from from Matthew 7, 7, it says, ask and it will be given, seek, you know, and you will find, and knock and it will be given to you. There is something that is important that, that in the way that we go about engaging with our kids to get them to open up. I mean, do you ever wonder... If your child will be one of those casualties of the current adolescent culture, or do you worry um, 
that while you've had the skills to get your child through their elementary school years, that you might not have the parenting skills to help them in their middle school or high school years? Do you think that there might be things happening in the life of your child that you don't know about, just as your parents didn't know everything that happened in your life? Do you feel uh, like you no longer only know your child and what he or she is thinking um, about or even dreaming of? And I'm sure that some of these questions that I'm asking you um, have got you thinking just a little bit, haven't they? Are you scared about the answers? Are you fearful about the possibilities? Are you concerned for your child? Are you frightened of that approaching storm as well <laughs> as it's storming outside our studio right now? You know, questions have a mighty way of getting you to think outside the box and consider something other than what you've been holding onto uh, for comfort or out of habit. Um, they arouse you to think. And in the process of thinking, you either rely on the resources you have collected throughout your life to answer some of those questions, or you search for answers from people around you that can give you insight, that uh, can give you wisdom, or some knowledge outside of your understanding. And if you accept their counsel, chances are it helps you in the journey of answering the unanswered uncertainties that you encounter. The gathered knowledge of the principles of right living, which is wisdom, uh, gained in the past, coupled with the influence of knowledgeable relationships around you, keeps you on a path that you were intended to walk. Am I right? Okay, here's the thing. Your child is no different. And so I would submit to you that somebody needs to be asking them questions to stir up the same things in them that are being stirred up in you when I ask you questions. I ask questions. I seldom give my opinion, except on a podcast or radio broadcast or uh, when I'm speaking somewhere or writing in a book. Uh, I'm careful with my answers. Um, and I think it's in, in, important to create a different atmosphere when you move into those adolescent years. Because they're, they're looking at every word that I say during the preteen years, but then when they become a teen, they don't look at it that way. And so my point of it is, is let me help you on learning to answer questions. And so there's value of questions. First of all, it, it, it makes them feel valued. When somebody comes to me and asks me a question, hey, Mark, what do you think about this? Hey, Mark, what about this? Hey, my parents said this. What do you think? Um, I'm not getting along with people. What am I doing wrong? There's something about that that makes me feel valued. And so I know that, that kids are no different. When I ask them questions, they, it, it shows that I have an interest. And do you think kids in their tween and teen years need to experience a sense of worth in this world of performance and a, a appearance? Well, of course they do. But for your teens to feel this value, you must position and communicate questions in a way that doesn't make them uh, interpret your questioning as, one, just another form of interrogation where you're digging up dirt or trying to find an evidence of wrongdoing. Or you don't want them to feel like it's a courtesy question just to give you the platform to share another one of your opinions or you don't want it to be an inquiry to gather information to be used at a later date or to prove a point. That's when parents go, 
Well, I remember you said nine months ago, this, oh, how, what a cheap shot. Or, you know, this courtesy question, hey, what do you think about politics today? Just so that you can say, well, this is what I believe. You know, I, my point of it is here, don't, don't share your ideas about politics until somebody asks you. If they're really interested and they feel like you're a wise person, then wait for them to ask. You, you don't want your questioning to, uh, to be an attempt or to be perceived as an attempt to jump into their life and um, to add another improvement to their makeover list. Or you don't want it, your, your questions to be regarded as a sarcastic remark parked in a question that passes judgment um, like this. Do you really think those genes look good on you? Do you really believe that, you know, what you've been talking about, abortion, is really the right way to go? Those are some kind, of, sometimes uh, very sarcastic remarks that that pass judgment, and they really don't um, engage a child differently. Okay, and and here's the thing. Here's the hard thing about questions, is that. Um, is that kids have an amazing way of, of moving away from somebody that demands perfection, that is always the authority and comes down hard and always uh, is judgmental. And it's not a way that, uh, that you think that you're coming across. It's how they think you're coming across that makes all the difference in the world. So you got to check yourself. And, and the last thing that I've listed here that, that uh, I think is key is that you don't want your kids to think that your questions or an accusatory investigation into the habits, choices, and actions of their friends. Those friends are important to them. And so you want to create an atmosphere where it looks a little bit different, but you want to create that place um, where your, your teens feel safe and your questions are focused to gain insight into your child's heart. Uh, teens will really sense your genuineness and authenticity of your concern. They know if it's real or not. And so it's just saying, when I ask you a question, I'm really asking a question because I want to get to know you. I want to try to figure out who you are. And if I have something to offer, what I find is that they'll ask me. And so I'll ask a kid a question and go on and on and on and, and just ask questions. When they give me the answer, I take their answer and I put it in the form of a question. Why do you th say that? Well, why do you think that? Or why did that happen? Or when did that happen? But there is a point that they can't wait and they want to talk. They don't know how. And the only way I'm going to get it out of them is to kind of arouse their thinking, if you will, to bring them to a point where they are verbally uh, putting words to the, the feelings and thoughts that they have. And it's kind of like they're processing out loud with me. And sometimes my asking them questions can move them to another place because I'm getting them to reflect on, on what they're thinking. Okay. Now remember this wisdom comes from observation, reflection, and experience. And so one of my jobs as a parent is to make sure that I'm helping them reflect on what they know to be true because it moves them to a point. If they're not a know-it-all, if they're not narcissistic and, and if they're not one that feels like they have all the answers all the time, it'll move them to to look for other answers or beware that there may be other answers than what they think. Okay. So the first thing is, is I want to make, make a teen feel valued. The second thing is asking questions, give teens the opportunity to share answers. 
and to show you where their interests are, where their confusion is seated, what conflicts of, of value they might have or be struggling with, and, and why they're behaving the way they are. And I think those are things that, that, I mean, it's almost like these questions are keys to unlock the door of opportunity to engage deeply with your teen and allow motives and hurts and hidden feelings to rise to the surface. And that's what you want, isn't it? Now, here's the other thing, dads. If you're out there um, that you want to know the question just so that you can fix it, and give them the right answer and tell me, you know, my wife made this comment to me. She said, um, you know, I just want you to listen to me. I didn't want you to fix it. And because my tendency as a man is to always fix things. And just as I like to fix things, moms have an amazing way of talking way too much. And if you talk way too much, then your child shuts you off and they never get to hear the, the wisdom that you possess. But they want to have the relationship and they ask questions because they want to have a relationship. Well, that's not the point of, of asking questions. If you don't have a relationship, you don't have a relationship for a reason. And so if that's true, then, then work on your relationship. But it doesn't always happen by asking questions. You know, the, the, the measurement of a deeper relationship is not, well, we communicate really well. Well, I mean, everybody communicates in some form or fashion. But there's a relationship side of it, and then there's just a time that you ask questions that, that it becomes pretty important to go, okay, I need to, I, I just want to dive in and know the heart of my child. No pretense, no, um, uh, no lesson that I want to convey. Are you following me on this? This, is, this becomes very important. Okay, you know, here, here's the thing is that the, the, the questions that I ask is, is, is you know, it's almost why, do I, why am I asking questions? Do I have an ulterior motive? But it's because I want teens to continue to question and search uh, with their whole heart. I want them to keep thinking. I want them to take those bits of truth that they've already been taught and, and, and figure out how to place them in their faith and their value development. I, I want them to do it instead of me acting like I have to do everything for them. And this is key. I want them to come up with the answer rather than take the lazy way out and have something given to them. Uh, I want them to feel proud for what they've done, not for what they've been told. And I want them to develop their own thoughts and beliefs, um, not just plagiarize mine. I, I, I want to be one who discusses uh, and directs them to the truth, not the one who gives them all the truth. Are you following me? Okay, so if I'm asking questions, I've got to be careful with the answers. And so let me talk about answers here for just a second. You know, the, the questions that you ask your teens should pique their interest and, and not necessarily satisfy their curiosity. Uh, the amazing expedition of understanding and realization is a lifelong road trip where the joy is in the journey, not in the completion you, you, you have to realize that when I'm asking a child questions, it, it's not because I want to get to an answer and get the conversation over with, is that the main motive is I, I want to keep moving deeper and deeper into this child's life so I get to know them better. And what I find, the more I uncover, the more questions I have. Do you ever get to the end? I hope not. Because they're experiencing something new every day. I'm seeing something different every day. 
And I want to make sure the conversation continues. You know, I believe that teens often don't search for many answers because they feel like they have them all. Um, and so I feel like it's my job to to help them understand they don't have uh, all the answers to everything. You know, they don't marvel at much because everything's been explained away. You know, most of them like to, you know, most of them like to eat fish, but many don't know how to catch them. And, and my point of it is, is that they love having all the answers, but they don't know how to come to the understanding of those things. And so just by questioning things, or let me get you to think about this. You know, somebody asked me a question once, and it's amazing to me that I always remember it, but somebody said, um, you think God can create a rock so big that even he can't pick it up? Isn't that amazing? Here's another question that one of our counselors on staff here at Heartlight asked me. And, and it's got me thinking. Matter of fact, I'm going to write a book about how to ask questions, but I think I'm going to write it with her. And this young lady said this, Mark, what's the one thing that you would hope that people would never say about you? And you know what? Ever since she's asked that question, I think about it almost every day, every day. And so my, my comments that, that, uh, uh, are all centered around, you know, Stirring up thought, stirring up interest to to pique their interest where they go, you know, I don't know the answer, but it's okay. And, and so so I have to give them the opportunity and, and make sure they understand that they don't have to have the answer to everything. So here's the groundwork. You know, when, when you start setting things up, um, um, what you begin to realize is that you can say things that just keep their interest. And it, and it may be these things, you know, they're sharing something with you and you say, wow, that, you know, that must've been tough. Was it? Oh, you think so? Hmm. Hey, is that working for you? Hey, did you come up with that yourself or did someone tell you that? Wow. Is that a good thing? I can't see that working in my world. How does it work in yours? Is that going to get you where you want to be? Man, where did that thought come from? Those are all questions that stimulate thought. And it just gets a child to check where they are, what they're doing, what they're doing. And, and, and I, I'm one of those guys that just ask a question, leave it alone. There's no answer. It's their answer. And whatever they say that I don't spend all my time um, correcting them or or I, I don't, I don't do that. I, I want a house of connection, not a house of correction. And, um, and I also realize this, there's a proverb twenty five seventeen that says that, um, it, most people don't know that I was the Oklahoma Bible quiz champ of 1969. And what's funny is I still remember these scriptures, <laughs> but Proverbs 25 says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house lest he become weary of you and hate you. And it's the same way. I don't spend a whole lot of time in deep conversation, but when I do, I, I, I kind of move in, have a conversation, and move out. I found that many parents consistently feel the need to remind a teen what to do, how to do it, and whether she did it right. And it's almost as if they don't trust what they've taught their child, so they have to keep teaching, reminding, and repeating lessons to such a point that a child eventually shuts down, hoping the parent will just shut up. You know, and the bad part about that is that the child then misses out on all the golden nuggets of wisdom 
that parents share because there's so much noise coming their way. You know, moms, dads, you've got to stop. If you want your teens to start moving toward you, then stop pushing yourself on them, especially in communication. You've got to create the environment that they want to come to you. And one of the first steps of that is close your mouth. Ugh. I hate saying that. It just sounds, it sounds bad. I'm wearing a shirt uh, right now that says, shut your pie hole. I made a comment that I want to write a book called Shut Your Pie Hole and Learn to Listen. Everybody tells me it's outdated, but I think it's perfect. But I think what happens is we, we push, we push, we push, and, and, and there's got to be some time that there's silence so that you can open up another opportunity. And the other thing is, is, you know, is just learning to listen. And, and that becomes key. You know, uh, when they answer, listen. Don't share your opinion until asked. And even if you're asked, you don't always have to answer. Kids will say, hey, what do you think about this? I go, you know, I don't know. Well, what do you think about this? I don't know. I need to think about that for a while. What am I doing? I'm not giving them an answer. The minute I give them an answer, they don't search for it anymore. But the other part of that is this. I want them to be thinking. And I'm also giving them an example that maybe I don't know everything. You know, I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I realize I don't, all the things I don't know. And that creates a, a wonderful environment for kids. No, no kid loves to come. No teen loves to come and sit down with the know-it-all. No teen likes to come and be with somebody that just wants to share their opinion all the time. Grandparents, if you're listening, if you're listening, you need to know that. Quit sharing your opinion. They're like armpits. Nobody really wants to smell them and they both stink. What they want is your perspective. Your perspective, not just your opinion. In light of your life, what do you see? You know, hey, Grandpa, do you think it's going bad right now? Oh, yeah, it's awful. It's terrible. That's your opinion. Your perspective may be, you know, it's not near as bad as it used to be. And this is what I've seen. Or this is a cycle that we go through. And it'll change. We'll get to a better perspective. Somebody will say, what do you think of the stock market? And I go, I can give my opinion or I can give perspective. You know, the stock market's increased at the average of 6% a year since 1929. And it will continue to grow. That's perspective. It's a little bit different. So anyway, you know, I, I think my comment is, listen, and you, you might find out something about your child that you never knew. And you'll have plenty of time to communicate in the future if they know that the dinner table or wherever it is, is a safe place to connect with you. You know, and you may ask questions, you know, and I, 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 I pulled these questions out of a book that I wrote a few years ago that I dedicated to my mom. She died 10 years ago and, and uh, never knew that, really never knew that um, uh, I had a copy of the book, a, a free published copy that I was taking to her um, to show her. And um, I had it in my hand as she uh, said her last words to me. And uh, so she never really knew that I dedicated the book to her. But my mom was a great listener, and um, and she always asked great questions. Um, so as much as I critique my family at times, uh, my mom was one who uh, who wasn't too judgmental on me, and 
and uh, in our conversations, even as an adult, as a even when I became a grandfather, that she's still asking me questions. Anyway, here's some. Here, can I give you just a, a couple of minutes of, of quick questions that you might want to ask your kids just for conversation starters? What's something about your family that sticks out most in your mind? What's the most fun thing that you've ever done? Am I really as bad as you think I am? What would be one thing that I could do for you to make your life better? Do you find yourself doing things that you don't want to do and not doing the things you want to do? Who's the most talented musician that you've ever heard? And do you think you'll be listening to him or her 10 years from now? Do you think dogs hear everything we say and hide their feelings? Or do they see us at our worst and just decide to love us anyway? When is a friend a real friend? And when is one not? Out of all the teachers you've ever had, which one do you remember the most and why? What talent would you like to have that you don't have currently? What's the weirdest thing that you've ever seen on the internet? What do you think the perfect woman would look like? What do you think the perfect man would look like? When was the last time you laughed out loud and what made you laugh? Who's the weirdest person you know? Is there anything about this person that's just like you? What do you think is the the biggest controversy happening in the world today? Is there a, a disease in the world you would never want to die from? What would make school mean more to you? If a tornado was coming toward your home and you had only time to grab one thing uh, before you protected yourself in a cellar, what would it be? What's your favorite movie of all time? What's so special about it? Would you rather be rich and have as much money as you'll ever need or have everyone think you're the kindest, most helpful person that they've ever met? Do you have a special talent that others don't know about? Do you think there are people in the world that have never made a mistake? Do you remember when you were, uh, when you heard of the greatest tragedy? And what was that tragedy? And where were you and what were you doing when you heard the news? How is this year in school different from the last year in school? If you could have plastic surgery on one part of your body, what would it be and why? What I find is this. As I ask questions, I create an atmosphere where kids know that I'm going to ask them questions. It's almost like they come to me because they can't, they can't keep from feeling valued. They can't keep from wanting someone to show interest in their life. And so they engage in such a way that, that offers them something. And it becomes very, um, very exclusive to them. Uh, that really creates an atmosphere where they feel that it's inclusive. And so let me encourage you to, to learn how to ask questions and create the atmosphere. Maybe it's eating ice cream over a question. Ice cream and questions. Coffee and questions. Call it what it is. One time a week, we're going to get together. And what you hope is that when you ask your child, hey, what's the one tragedy you remember in your life? And where were you? And you know, what did you think when you heard the news? That they look at you and go, well, mom, hey, dad, grandpa, grandma. What was the one tragedy that, that you remember 
And so then when you share your tragedy, then make sure you're giving your perspective, not just your opinion, that it's words of encouragement and give them only what they can bear, not something that that um, is going to bore them to death. But you create that atmosphere and you let them know, you can ask me any question you want, which means you start sharing some imperfections, share those things that nobody knows about you, and pique their interest. Don't satisfy their curiosity, but pique their, pique their interest. Hey, this is Mark Gregston. I hope you keep sending questions. Send them to me. I'd love to uh, answer those. Take care. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. And don't forget that if you want to hear Mark answer more of your questions, you could subscribe to I Must Ask Mark a Question on Apple Podcasts. It's just $2.99 a month or $29.99 a year with new episodes dropping every Friday. We'll be back here on Monday for another great episode. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you then.